We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Whew, it's been a couple of days since we've done one of these. It's nice to be back. Fourth of July just passed. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Why it's so overrated now. I used to love it growing up, but we'll dive into that. Also, we have to talk about Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury 3 just came out before we recorded the show that the fight might be in jeopardy for July 24th, might have to be postponed. So we'll touch on that. And of course, of course, of course, it's Conor McGregor weekend. And yes, I'm going to disrespect, disrespect the card. It's not UFC 264. It is Conor McGregor weekend. So we have to talk everything Mystic Mac. We have to talk about what happens if he wins, what happens if he loses, so many different variables going down on Saturday night. So tons to get to in the world of combat sports. But Dre, first and foremost, you do anything for 4th of July or were you just a, an old man? No, nah, I don't do. What am, what am I doing on 4th of July? I ain't sending out fireworks. I took my daughter to see some fireworks because she's four. But other than that, I ain't do shit. It's a day off. You don't buy fireworks then, right? Like you don't light fireworks, no, none of that shit. My pops used to do that stuff. And honestly, the last 4th of July that we did as a family where we bought fireworks, um, my wife's cousin had to go to the ER because he damn near blew his face off. And <laughs> yeah, we had, like the, the long story short is that we were late pulling up and they used to buy the illegal fireworks, just like everybody did. So he bought a bunch of Roman candles. So I guess one of them decided that it'd be a good idea to like, put a bunch of these fireworks together and light them at the same time and uh as we pulled off uh we see her cousin running and blood a big trail of blood following him and we're like what happened he was like oh Pee Wee almost blew his head off call the ambulance and from that point i was like yep i don't need to do this shit so yeah we we don't do nothing like we it's a day it's a day off that's legitimately it and my wife's birthday has always been on Juneteenth, so we've done more for Juneteenth for years than we'll ever do for the 4th of July. What am I celebrating? Being a slave? Word. Like, the whole celebration of 4th of July. Like, to me, it's like, 
all right, America. Like, I, I was never into any of that shit in the 4th of July. Like, I'm not going out wearing American flag trunks. It's just, I, I wasn't that guy. But yeah, like, the whole principle, and now that Juneteenth is becoming, like, more, I don't want to say popular, but even then, like, people are more just understanding of what it is, what it meant. Like, yeah, like, the independence for who? It's Independence Day for who, though? Like, there were still slaves for 100 years. There was still, you know, segregation for 150, 60 plus. Like, you ain't freeing shit. There is no independence in that. So that's out the window. So I don't care about that aspect. Fireworks. I think I've told the story on a podcast before. I don't fuck with fireworks. Almost, I saw a girl get her eyebrow blown off of the M80. So that shit was like, whatever. And I may or may not have been responsible for setting a tree on fire with a Roman candle. It is yet to be proven. But I've seen the tree go aflame due to a Roman candle being pointed at it. And that shit was kind of sketchy and weird. So yeah, I don't, I don't mess with fireworks. JPP lost all his fingers, almost messed up my entire Giants, you know, second Super Bowl run. So I don't fuck with him. Or like the the fireworks aspects, like holding it in your hand. It's just not fun to me. I watch the fireworks on the strip, like from my window. I'm not going down there. Like I, I'd watch it from my crib. <laughs> like that's that's the extent of it for me. And I always wondered, like, yo, why was the 4th of July ever fun? I guess like growing up, like cookouts? I mean, for, you know, when you're a kid, the 4th of July is an excuse to blow shit up. And that, I mean, for me, that's all it ever was. Like my pops used to buy the fireworks and when I was a kid and blow shit up, or we go over to one of our friends' house, watch things blow up. We're fascinated with things blowing up as a kid. There was never any educational aspect for me. You know, it was like, it's Independence Day. And it, obviously as I got older and blacker and stronger in my beliefs, I was just like, this is some bullshit, but we can still blow some shit up. So that's really all it's about. Like, think about it, man. All these holidays that we have celebrated over the years, the real meanings of them are a crock of shit. Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, we went over there and murdered a bunch of people. Not we. That's it's like we. Know, I was, I was yeah, yeah. Uncle Phil gift. Not we. <laughs> but, you know, it's like you you, ex, you know, we get excited about these things like Christmas. You know, a big fat man comes through our chimney and drops off some gifts. And most of us never had a chimney to begin with. So yeah. it's like, what are we the- celebrating here? The whole Christ you know, thing has gotten lost in translation anyway. Yeah, like even, even Easter, it's a fucking rabbit that leaves a bunch of candy for our kids. That's, and I'm not a super religious person either. You know, some people go to church for every one of those holidays. I'm not saying anything's wrong with that, but I'm saying it like when we celebrate these holidays, I've only really celebrated them as a day off, as an excuse to do some shit that I don't normally do on other days. One day a year, outside of your birthday, you get gifts. One day a year, there's football and you eat a bunch of food. What's the meaning behind it? I don't care. Not that I don't know. I just don't care. You know, Veterans Day. As a kid, I didn't know what the fuck Veterans Day was. I knew it was another day off. Memorial Day? Yeah. President's Day. Why the fuck am I celebrating this? Not, not until Barack Obama, I didn't care about President's Day. Martin Luther King Day is the only day that I was like, hell yeah. Other than that, and. I don't give a shit. You really don't get Martin Luther King Day off some places either. I yeah, see people swap that out at certain jobs. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Like, as as a community, there's there's certain things in this country 
that was never built for us. They were just excuses for us to do things. And 4th of July is one of them. Like in school, yes, it was like, we're independent. I was too young to know what the fuck independent meant. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like all I saw was a bunch of dudes in wigs. And I remember seeing this, the, the American flag with a circle of stars. And I just, I was like, what is, I don't care. Blow some shit up. <laughs> all I want to do is blow shit up. Nah, I mean, I, growing up, I used to go to the Jamaican barbecue every every summer on 4th of July. I don't know why Jamaicans love 4th of July either. If someone wants to explain this to me, if you are Jamaican. Kel, Kel, Kel. Yeah. Memorial Day. We go to the pools. It's we true. party. We barbecue. Ain't nobody ever go to the pool for Memorial Day and was like, let's remember that those will be lost. Nobody does that. <laughs> we go to the pool and trick off. I guess so. I mean, that still doesn't answer my Jamaican question, though. But I guess, Yo, the, listen, but that's what I'm saying. I, I guess it's no a holiday. Virus. Yeah, there's there's no purpose. It's just a holiday. So maybe everyone just gets it off. So the Jamaicans are like, yo, everybody come through the party. So uh, there's always packed. The food was incredible. Like just curry goat, oxtail, jerk chicken. That's that's what I think of when I remember like, yo, I used to love the 4th of July. But it was just because I was eating and um randomly listen to crazy Jamaican music and everyone I was like 12 13 everyone else was like 16 17 so girls had just the bikini tops on and you know just dancing to Jamaican music was crazy back then for young horny whippersnappers like myself and everyone else in the neighborhood so that shit was like fun those were good memories but outside of that I was like yeah no I really give a fuck about the fourth of July it was just the stuff around it so now that I'm older I'm like yeah I don't really care. My kids don't care about it. Like I cared about it at their age. They care less. Every now and then we'll go to my wife's crib, family's crib. And, uh, you know, the her side of family enjoys the Americana of the holiday. But I, I don't care. I just go over there for the food. I'm just trying to eat tri-tip and, and random uh, little caucus delights that they may have out. Um, like, no... Listen, no green bean casserole, but other shit they make is delicious. So did you say? Did you say caucus delights? Caucus delights. Uh, that oh my I did. god! Is that like what delicacies? Cultural, the cultural delights. <laughs> just stop! Just stop! Just stop! Um, De- call them uh, delicacies. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to describe their food, but um, I will say anything not made in a crock pot. I will try anything that does not have cream of mushroom soup. I will be open to eating. So I go over there. I enjoy. They could barbecue. Cool. So I do that. But everything, again, is wrapped around family, fun, food. Don't give a shit about anything else with the holiday. This year, I did something different, though, Dre. It wasn't on 4th of July. It was 4th of July weekend. It was the Saturday before. My best friend was in town, came in. He uh, was in town for a concert I like... Allegiant Stadium, some EDM concert or something. But during the day, he was like, yo, I got to make an appearance at Marquee Day Club. And he was like, yo, I was like, cool, I'll just drop you off, save you the Uber trip. And then he was like, no, why don't you, you're not doing anything today. Come through, chill. I was like, I don't club. Like, I'm, I'm past that. He was like, no, nah, I just come listen to some music. I was like, all right, fuck it. Like he's in town for a couple of days. Let's go. So I go to this day club. When was the last time you were in a club, first off? 
Last time I was in a club. Oh, 2019. Oh, that was fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. Now, was it like a cool club? No, nah, not really. Um, was it a club that, I mean, I'm trying to remember where exactly it was. That was a non-Vegas club then. Yeah, I was out of town. Um, yeah, I was supposed to go to Henny Palooza in 2019, but that didn't work out. Yeah, it's been around that time. Day, the last time I've been to a day party? Hmm. It's been a while. I think Actually, the last time I went to a day party, I was with Kendrick and them. Kendrick performed, and I went to that shit. <laughs> yeah, this was a while ago. It was like Luol Dang was there. Oh, yeah, and, that's deep then. <laughs> yes, Luol was man. still in the league. Yeah, so it was like my man and I, we had just did a documentary with Luol and he was in town. So they, uh, yeah, we made a weekend out of it. So I went, that was a while ago. That was one of the, nah, I'm lying again. I've been to other shit too. But that was the last time I remember being at a, a day party. I've been to other shit, but yeah. One, it was hot as hell. This is the first thing that jumps out at me. It was 115 degrees. It's depressingly hot. Oh, and people were out in the pool. Like people went there with no table, no cabana, no day bed, literally to drink and be out in the water. Yeah. I was like, no way. I can, no way. I ain't ain't built for that. So thankfully, we didn't have to worry about that. We go in, we get our wristbands. We go, we're sitting in the DJ booth. That's where they put people who like make appearances. He knows, I don't know. Uh, He was invited by like the head of talent relations or something. So we're in the DJ booth, sitting behind it. The opening DJ's there. Bam, spinning. Dope. Dope music. Cool. Uh, my best friend knows him. They dap it up. What up? Chilling. Free drinks to bring it over Coronas. Uh, I wasn't trying to, like, drink that shit to do later at night. Cool. They bring it over Coronas. I have a Corona. Chilling. And I started looking around. <laughs> and I'm just... I, I had to text the group. I have, like, no service. But the one... Mm-hmm. message I sent through to the group chat is yo I'm at a day club and this shit is wild in your 30s yeah. and then I couldn't elaborate because I have no service so um I'm just in there and I'm looking around and people one there's a bar next to the DJ booth so people are lined up and you can see them from the DJ booth they can't get in but they can see you clear as day so I'm chilling drinking looking at the bar there was this girl there, I don't know, Spanish girl, has to be maybe, let's just put her at like 23, 24. In the matter of 15 minutes, she's waiting for this drink. It's taking dumb long at the bar, her and her friends. She made out with three different guys in 15 minutes. Incredible. The first guy, dark-skinned dude, kind of looks like Kaz. It wasn't Kaz, but looks like our boy Kaz. Shout out to Kaz. <laughs> uh, dark-skinned dude. Comes up or places drink order, leans over. Two seconds later, bomb, they're making out heavy. Like he's like trying to swallow her face to the point he's leaning her over our booth, like into the DJ booth. I'm like, yo, what's going on? And they're going at it. And everyone in the DJ booth is like, yo, he, he's wilding out. So this is the first guy. So we're like, oh, they're not even gonna. DJ Mustard was spinning. Um, he was like the main DJ act. It was like, yo, they're not even going to be here for when Mustard gets here. Like, they're going heavy. Like, they're about to bounce. Nope. 
made out heavy, said, hey, nice to meet you. She went back to her friends. He bounced. He was crazy making out. But when he bounced, she left the entire bottom nose down of her makeup on his face. Amazing. And he's dark skinned. That shit was the lightest foundation of whatever you can find. And it was white. It looked like he had a mask on. The shit was crazy. People were like seeing it. He walked around. He's like smiling. People were like, yo, you got shit on your face. So they're trying to help him wipe it off. They have to dip their hand in the pool and get water to try to take it off. Crazy. Then the next guy comes, has no clue. Four minutes later, starts making out with her too. And we're just like, yo. And no one, none of her friends bat an eye. I was like, how much do you have to do this for your whole crew to be like, eh, this is just Lucy. I don't know the girl's name, but she just, uh, just give her Lucy. Oh, that's just Lucy. Like, how, who, how do you let your friend make out with just random people? On the fly. <laughs> so it took 20 minutes to get their drink. She made out with three people. That shit was wild. Um, there was another one. I'm chilling, sip my drink. And a wave of drunk people walk up. It was like three girls, two guys. They start like trying to push towards me. I'm standing um, right outside of the booth at this point because the bar is behind it. Standing right outside of the booth. They're trying to push towards me and lean over the booth. Because at that point, um, Ella May showed up as like a special guest at Mustard just to watch him. And they're trying to like lean over and get pictures and videos of Ella May and all this shit. Drop a whole drink on my sneakers. Oof. So I'm tight. Mind you, I'm not you. I don't got a closet of COVID kicks. <laughs> this isn't what I did during COVID. I got the same five pair of sneakers, which means I, I got two sneakers to wear when I'm trying to feel fly. She spilled the drink on those. So I'm instantly tight, tight. But I'm like, what the hell can I do? Can't do nothing because people are just idiots and drunk. So then I'm watching the whole shit just I'm playing on people watching. And I'm like, yo, I can't. One, I can't believe I was a young idiot like this at one point. And two, they're having a blast in a very bad situation. It's 115 degrees. They got nowhere to sit. They're paying $25 a drink and are happy as hell. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I, I, at that moment, I was like, fuck, I'm Andreas old. Yeah. One, I'm gonna start with this. Uh, I'm kind of happy that your shoes got fucked up because you need to go get some new shoes. So <laughs> no, I've had the same five, five pair of sneakers for the past. Please stop. 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 I don't want to hear about it. I just want you to fix it. That's it. I just want you to fix it. It's like me with a coat. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, no, you have to fix this, man. You have to fix this. I'm not saying you need to be a sneakerhead. I'm just saying you need to fix this. Two, yeah, man, there is nothing worse than going. Well, no, there's nothing worse than going with your friends somewhere. And this is going to sound bad. I say that a lot on the show, I realize. But going with your friends that don't have access to shit. So you like you want to be part of the crew and you go and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. And then you realize like this fucking sucks. Like, how do you guys do this? Because me for the past 20 years of my life, I don't go as a regular person to any of these things. If I don't have a table or if I don't have some kind of access, I don't go and call me bougie. I don't care. I've worked hard (laughs) to get to this point. So like going to day parties like the past 
couple times. It's been a couple times when I went. I knew somebody, and I was like, "There's a there's a picture somewhere floating around me. It's like me and Dom Kennedy is at the Kendrick Show, and we're on stage, and and uh, I'm standing on stage, and you know, Top is there, and I can't remember who else was there, but I know Dom Kennedy was there, and I remember I'm sitting at the edge of stage, and Moose is there, and MacWap is there. He was DJing, and Ali is there. And they're like, "Cool, just come on stage." Now, mind you, it's not like I'm getting on stage and it's like one person. It's day, you know, the day club situation. Yeah. It's a ton of people on the Packed, stage. packed. So, you know, they have a few bottles. Kendrick wasn't drinking or anything like that. Top is like, here. So I'm sitting at the edge of the stage while Kendrick is performing. And I have my feet, and this is mentally based. This is daylight. I got oh, my, yeah. so I got my, you know, I'm sitting. So my legs are dangling off the stage and I'm drinking. And Dom Kennedy's to my right. And I'm looking down and there are the, these girls just like dry humping in front of me. They're just, going at it and i'm like and i'm looking and i looked at dom and i'm like that's what y'all do this is like this is like what y'all do like this is what you do like i'm here but this is what y'all do and he's like yeah this is what happens and i'm looking and there's like trying to get on the stage so they're purposefully trying to get my attention so they can get on stage meanwhile while this is happening as kendrick is performing you know the crowds pushing forward so now i'm watching people get their drinks spilled on each other now i'm watching shoving matches now i'm watching the best part is if you bring your girl and you're trying to protect your girl from the rushing crowd so you like put your arms around her but she's getting shoved and both of y'all getting shoved and you could tell who does and doesn't want to be there like i could tell that she didn't want to be there but he did because he's like yeah (laughs) and she's like help and i'm watching this and i'm like how is this fun how is this any of this fun like i'm on the it's in it it's hot as balls outside hot as balls and i'm and i'm looking like i can just go to the shade and go sit at the table and go get another drink you can't you're here you're stuck that's it yeah that's that's the key you're stuck you probably paid to get in yeah you have no chance yeah that's the other thing i was like i was standing there and i was listening it was like oh a g for a table we got it we got it and i'm like a g (sighs) what like minimum you know what I'm saying? It was like, oh, yeah, you got to get a bottle. And I'm, and you know me, I'm a dick. I'm like, what kind of bottle do you get with that? It was like goose. I was like, for real? Y'all <laughs> drinking Great Goose for $1,000 between the seven of y'all? One yeah, that's bottle? Ridiculous. I'm like, make it the fuck out of here. So, yes, I listening to your story, it's like <laughs> I've been there and I've watched these things happen. And I was just like, this shit just isn't fun. And being a spectator is like, man, I don't get it. And the funny thing about it, with the advent of social media, when you are not there and you're looking at somebody else's social media, they look like they're having the time of their fucking life. Looks like a blast. Honestly, some people looked very happy to be there and doing this shit, but I don't understand how it could be humanly possible. They were legit there. I don't know. We showed up at like two. So some, I mean, it was already packed. So let's say people were there from one. It was one through six in the middle of a 115 degree day in Vegas. Yeah. Just cooking. They don't care. They, I, I mean, there's they not enough care. liquor in the world. I'm in the DJ booth with unlimited amounts of liquor at this point because the DJs just order whatever the fuck they want. Unlimited amounts of liquor. I'm, I could drink whatever I want. I'm at this point, obviously, I'm just having coronas and waters. But if I wanted to get smashed, I can just be super smashed. And I still wouldn't go out and just be in the water in the hot ass sun. I, I mean, 
That's okay. definitely a choice, right? Like, it's like you have to choose to do that. And some people do. And they come to Vegas, they go, yeah, I came here to get smashed and do all this shit. And I'm, I, dog, been there, done it. I got the card. I I have zero interest. I'd rather go to a steakhouse with a G. I, I mean, I, then I'm buy a bottle. To... Great Goose, it's $20. Dog, I ain't paying for shit. No, I'm just no, not. Not at all. I'm just not. I made that mistake one time, many, many moons ago, where I was like, oh, they're going. I'll go as a common man. And this will be fun. <laughs> as a common man. I was like, this is not fun, dog. Like, this is this is not. And they're, you know, they're like having fun. They're at the bar getting drinks. And I was like, this shit ain't fun. And I had to work my way to that point. You know, when I first got in the industry, that was, you know, prior to that, I was a regular man at the club. But as, as I've worked my way up, I'm never turning back. And the mistake I've made, I think I've told the story in a podcast before, was that when my brother-in-law turned 21, his first ever club was a Steve Aoki night. And I had him, got him a table next to the DJ booth. Oh, yeah, and you ruined him. I fucking ruined him. So it was like, <laughs> it, he, there was no buildup. No. So it was like I was like him and his boy were like. I was like, yo, it's your birthday. Now, in Vegas, Warren Peace, if anybody knows Warren Peace, is one of the better DJs out here. So I called Warren, and Warren always tells me, he's like, if you ever, he's like, I know you don't go, but if you ever want to go to the club, just call me. I got you. I called Warren. I was like, it's Aoki night, so I know it's it's going down. He's like, yep. He's like, I got a table for you. He's like, you can have my table. I was like, where is it at? He was like, next to Michael Phelps. Okay. <laughs> So, so I called my brother-in-law. I was like, listen, and he's, you know, he, he's like, we got to stay in line. I'm like, no, he's no. like, oh, I'm going to bring some money for drinks. I was like, don't worry about it. He's like, he's like, oh, I got to dress up. I was like, no, you can wear sneakers. Even though they still dressed up because it was like the nightclub. Me, I'm in sneakers and shit. Yeah. And, you know, I walk up and they're like, oh, Mr. Hale. I was like, yep. They're like, oh, Warren's got your table for you. We walk in and they're, you know, and I, and Warren's DJing is place is going crazy. It's like a Saturday night and. He's ruined. Like, I ruined him. Aoki smashed people with the cake in the face. And he's watching. (laughs) He's watching all this, like, next to Steve Aoki. And then here's what happens. Here's the best part. Because he's naive to all of this. So he's sitting there. And, like, we're drinking. We're drinking Patron, right? His first time, like, drinking Patron. Which, in the grand scheme of things, Patron is not, like, that great of a liquor. But whatever. They kept bringing it. So he's getting drunk. Him and his boy are getting drunk. And I'm like, these are two, they're nerds. Fuck it. I'll just say what it is. They feel like nerds. So as this is happening, they see Michael Phelps and somebody else. Can't remember who. And now that they're drunk, they have liquid courage. So like, hey, Michael Phelps, you want to take a picture? I said, get your asses over here. (laughs) Act like like you've been here before. Right? Like that's the the key. Act like you've been here before. Because they're starting, like we had a bottle of Ciroc, something. In tequila, which is like a bad mix, but whatever. And as we're drinking this, the waitress comes over. She's like, can we get another drink? And they're looking at me. And I'm like, if y'all want another bottle, get another fucking bottle. And we're getting bottles. And one of them goes like the bartenders. I mean, the waitress is cute. And I leave to go to the bathroom. I come back. They are trying to dance uh, like a dance train with the cocktail waitress. I'm like, Uh, what are you doing? No, you got a table. Sit down. Like there's a million girls on a dance floor where their feet hurt and they're just dying to be pulled to the table. What are you doing? Just go I with said, your bottle. See, I was I was ruthless in my twenties. Like we'd have tables like that and bottles, and we'd be side stage because my best friend again, um, 
at that point was a photographer for like a lot of uh, the DJs on the strip. So he'd have to take pictures, but obviously we just get to chill uh, in the section while he did that. And then once his pictures are done, we just wild out and drink. So we're like 24 and I would be on the side of the stage. We take, we'd order bottles of champagne to the DJ section and be like, yo, whatever, like 400 bottles of rosé or whatever and take it. And we would just pour it off of the stage, like into girls' mouths, like side stage. And they're just like, mouth open just liquor all over them we can give a fuck they probably like the best dressed ever and like and we're just spilling liquor on them and they'd be like what and just pulling people on stage and no one ever said shit to us so we were like ruthless we were just doing yeah. shit we saw in movies but see but this is what people like and, and i say all that to say this like my brother-in-law is now he was ruined because the problem was is like yo i don't go out right you're 21 you have your whole nightclub life ahead of you for at least for at least the next five years probably nine till you turn 30 and then everything's going to change so from that point on he never had that kind of access again <laughs> so he would call me he was like can you help me and I, no man no i cast in my favor <laughs> like this is it now you have to go to the club and stand in fucking line now you like until unless you go with me dog you have to go to the club like a regular person. And he fucking hated it to the point where when we I said this before, we went to Miami. He didn't want to go to live because I my table wouldn't be ready until 1 a.m. So the, the my friend who was a VIP was just like, I'm just going to give you all drink tickets. Y'all can hang out at this other table until the, your table opens up. And he was like, no, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? I was like, listen, this you don't get to go to live. You'll never go to live ever. <laughs> Ever, ever. you'll never go to not only will you not go to live you can't you won't go to live with a table and she was like and the thing was she was like you can hang out at our table but she was like there, there was like six of us she's like and i'll just give y'all drink tickets and she was like until your table's ready and then you'll have a bottle or whatever and he wouldn't go he's like i'm not standing in line i'm not doing this I'm like, I'm like i've ruined you i have absolutely ruined you ruined him i took him to a ti event it was T.I. and we had access. This motherfucker ordered a Bud Light. Almost killed him. <laughs> At an open bar, you get whatever you want. This motherfucker's like, I'll take a Bud Light. First of all, you're black. You do not drink Bud Light at the club. You got minimum, you got to order a Corona. At minimum, that's that's like the that's the starter pack, right? Nobody comes in like, yo, can I get a Michelob? Like that shit doesn't happen. Yet here he is ordering a fucking Bud Light. <laughs> fucking killed him. It almost <laughs> fucking killed him. But all that to say is like, when you have access, things are much more fun. When you don't, they're fucking miserable. And if you go to a day club in Las Vegas, I'm sorry because the people that listen to this podcast, you've probably been to a day club. You may have enjoyed yourself. As a one-off, it's cool, but I see people do this shit every weekend. And they, I watch some of y'all go on social media and be liking pictures, and I know that that picture is not reflective of what's going on at that place. By no all. means. It took 100 pictures to look that happy. Yeah, like, it's like They'll just be there snapping a ton of pictures, and their makeup's all smeared because it's hot as hell. And they're trying to look good at this angle and that angle, and then you get one picture out of the 100, and it looks like you're having a blast. Yeah, they're not like they're not having that kind of no, no, not at all. So that's that's what I learned. Um, and I was texting my wife throughout the whole thing because I was like, yo, people, my my friend was actively there to have a good time and listen to music, which is cool. Like I like listening to music, but he's like more into like a festival scene, so he'll actually like kind of he's more hype to listen to music and shit. Um, me, I'm just there to talk about people. So like when we urban loiter in the MGM, oh, it's the best. 
we just get our drinks and just talk shit. So he wasn't like trying to talk shit. So I was like, man, I got nobody to talk shit to. So it's also, I guess, at this point in my life, I got to go to the club with the right people. Like, I just need my wife to come with me because we'll talk shit about people all day. Yeah, that's the point. People watching. Yeah. Like, I don't know if people bring their wives to clubs, but I definitely would be that guy. Because we're just going to people watch and just have a ball and get drunk. Like, um, are you are you actually going to be at UFC 264 or you got to do some other shit? I'm going to be covering it to be determined if I am let inside. <clears throat> Vegas is a wild place this weekend. Um, yeah, no. With COVID protocols and such, because maybe I, or may not be returning. So, we so I figure, I figure Big Mac will be around the area as well. And I'm he'll be of, in there. Yep. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to the fallout and then going to the MGM and then just sitting there and just watching people. I actually got cash so i was like i'm gonna go to the bar and i'm gonna order a drink after i get my work done and i'm just gonna sit here and just watch it i can't wait i'm so excited <laughs> you know how long it's been oh forever but you just want to see a bunch of upset irish fans I, perhaps i mean we're gonna talk about the car here in a second but all i'm thinking about is i haven't done this in 16 months me being at media day yesterday was like a shock I was like, oh, oh, this is what we do. I can't remember how to do this, right? I'm asking questions and shit. Like, who am I? Surprised but, Dana White didn't chop you in the throat. And he wasn't shit there. for 16 months. <laughs> Yo, that was the other thing. Like, I saw, like, Luke Thomas. It was, it's weird. All right, because I know we're about to take a break in the show. But I'll say this. I get there, and I haven't, I haven't processed how long it's been since I've been to a fight. Not to mention all the shit that has happened since I was last at a fight. Remember, I beef with Jorge Masvidal. I've said shit about Dana White. We had the George Floyd situation. I've appeared on shows talking about how the UFC can't market black and brown people. I launched Our Heroes Rock. I appeared on the New Day podcast. That's just, I wrote a fucking book. All that shit happened during COVID. So I walk in and like Luke was like, you've been doing some great work. Like, what are you talking about? It's It's been like over a year. And I was like, Oh, so they were congratulating me. They was like, our heels rock. You guys raised money. I was like, what are you talking about? That shit was like three months ago. It's like, dog, nobody has seen you. All we <laughs> see is your presence on social media or your appearances here and there. But we haven't seen you in the flesh. And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot what this shit was like. So, yeah, it's, it's like it was, when Gucci came home, it was a whole different Gucci. You yeah, might be the fake Drake. Yo, me, me, Mark Ramadi, E.K. Sladen, Jose Youngs, we like nerding out talking about fucking pro wrestling because we haven't been around each other to do this. Like we were excited talking about Tyler's album. And I was like, I forgot. There's like really cool people in the media that I fuck with. And then I also remember there's some really whack motherfuckers as well. But with that being said, we need to get into the, the bulk of this podcast. We've been talking about partying and people. If you've ever listened to this show for the first time, you're like, why am I listening to this podcast? Because they haven't talked about boxing or MMA at all. Sorry. Listen, you know we get into it eventually. <laughs> if they haven't listened yet in six years, you're for one hell of a ride. That was tame. So now let's hit the break. When we come back, we're going to actually start by talking boxing, then go back into the UFC after that. So right after this break, we'll be talking combat sports. Don't go anywhere. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. 
fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, as promised, combat sports. Figure we knock out boxing first because there's not too much to talk about in boxing. Had a completely off weekend last week. This weekend, um, one fight, which we can honestly recap next week, Jojo Diaz, um, depending on who wins that. So, and when we talk about the Charlo fight and he's going for undisputed and everything next week. So a lot more boxing next week to talk about. We'll just kind of lump that all in together. But as I mentioned to start the show, we have to talk about Fury Wilder 3, and it being up in the air now because the COVID is running wild like Hulkamania through the Tyson Fury camp. And this came from a report from Mike Coppinger, ESPN's Mike Coppinger now, shout out um, to Mike. So putting out this report, don't know what's going on for July 24th um, due to, listen, obviously you guys know I work at ESPN. I cannot tell you the inner workings of this, but I will tell you that I don't know what the hell is going to happen. And as of this moment, July 24th is still the standing date. We don't know what's going on. Everyone hears this stuff on the news about a new variant and, you know, there's spikes and COVID things. So it's, it's getting crazy again, not to the point of shutting shit down. It doesn't seem like yet, but if people are following the Olympics, Tokyo, um, it's kind of up in the air right now because of COVID as well. Looks like they're going to continue on with the Olympics. It's, it's a weird place, man. We're in a weird place of people thought it was behind us and open and shit might just come back and, and hit the hot tag. So I, I don't know what's going on, but Fury Wilder in a couple of weeks might be in jeopardy. <laughs> Your motherfuckers thought COVID was over. <laughs> Jesus, man, come on, man. Like, listen, look, we're all looking forward to this fight, even though we don't necessarily give a shit because it gets us one step closer to the undisputed fight that everybody wants to see. This is like a, a thing that we just have to get past. Right. Granted, Wilder could win and change everything. Now we got to wait because let's be honest. There are people in Tyson's Fury crew that are anti-vaxxers and somebody got the shit. And now here we are. All it takes is one, sir. All it takes is one. That's it. Listen, man, I finally was able to get vaccinated, not because I didn't want to, but because medication, bunch of all this shit. And I just had my second shot recently, not too long ago. And I was, yo, it sucks, right? Like when I had the second shot, the, like, the side effects were fucking terrible. And I was like, if, if, if COVID is like this for an extended period of time, why wouldn't you just get vaccinated? Because I don't ever want to feel like this for a long period of time that, with something that's much worse. But there's people out here that's like, COVID doesn't exist. And it's funny because we'll get into MMA in a second. But like, dude, it threatens everything. You're about to put a ton of people in one building for a fight. Yeah, max capacity. Like, yeah, and it's like the flu, man. Like, how many of us got the flu? We Like, we went somewhere and we're like, yep, motherfucker sneezing. I got the flu now, right? You go to a thing with COVID that can potentially compromise your your immune system, your ability to breathe. Like some people have mild symptoms, some people have major symptoms. Get fucking vaccinated. 
like when you're a kid, you get vaccinated for like fucking polio and people are like nobody has polio. No shit, because everybody's vaccinated for it. That's why nobody has polio anymore. But if y'all don't get out here, get vaccinated for COVID, the fuck y'all think is going to happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Even if, listen, people don't want to get vaccinated. Cool. But if that comes down to the case and it fucks up your money, you can't have it both ways. You know, you can be like, oh, my God, I, I'm so sad that this fight is not happening or all this. Like, why? Why? Like, no, like, this is what they chose. If it fucks up money, then it fucks up money. And that goes for even people who are vaccinated, but other people in your crew aren't for any reason. And for some reason, they spread that shit to you. So even if you have no symptoms, but you pop for a test because you know you're going to get COVID tested, you're still fucking up your money. So it is it is what it is. People roll the dice or at this point, not to go into a COVID spiel. We've done that months ago. But at this point, I'm like, yo, it's cool. People have the option. If you choose not to and you end up in the hospital, all right, I'm not like sending my best of wishes to you. I'm not going to cry over it. Everyone has their options. So if if you don't want to get vaccinated, you end up in a hospital on a ventilator, then so be it. If you don't want to get vaccinated, nothing ever happens to you. Also, great job. Like at this point, it's fucking up my money. I was looking forward to this fight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's an ESPN fight. I had my rooms booked on the strip. You're fucking up my money. So that, that is what bothers me. Um, outside of that, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. If it's pushed back to September, I don't know when in September. Um, it would assumingly be September, October-ish. September's packed. Yeah. You have Canelo, you have Oscar De La Hoya returning. Um, Showtime already announced their full slate of fights, I believe, for September. A couple good ones in there. Um, Boots Ennis, I think, comes back in September. So um, that might be the end of September, unless you sneak it in like early September, which is then Memorial Day weekend. So now you're competing with a lot of shit there. It's tough. It's tough. You have Canelo. Like, you have Canelo. You supposedly have AJ. Like, you're playing with fire. I have AJ. Like, how many pay-per-views are someone is a boxing fan going to buy? Right. So now you're you go from being the only boxing pay-per-view in July, so someone might be able to pony up $80 to the 3rd in September. Good quite luck. Possibly. Like Good that luck. be a pay-per-view and people say what they want, but there's still people very curious about what the hell De La Hoya can do. And he has his fan base and people pay for dumb shit. So you have a De La Hoya pay-per-view, Canelo pay-per-view. Canelo probably won't be pay-per-view. It should be on the zone. If if depending uh, I, on how it works out. Yeah, it depends with plant, PBC. Like, at that point, it might be DAZN International, pay-per-view U.S., maybe. Mm. So, either, like, either way, either it's way, just way you're paying else. some money. Yeah. Like, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a lot of competition, a lot of competition for dates. You have the NFL starting. Yeah, that's So true. you're running up against the NFL, getting ready for Major League Baseball playoffs. There's a lot of competition that you don't have in the middle of July. Hey. So it's it's tough. It it's important to be healthy. It's important to not even, only for the fighters because I no report saying if Fury has it or if it's just his camp or what he was training with undercard the undercard heavyweight. So we don't know who has it, just says Fury's camp. But even if a trainer has it, two trainers have like anything that throws off normalcy is a huge deal on fight night. Yeah. 
So if to push it back to guarantee that everyone's at 100%, I would understand, but it's going to hurt the bottom line if it gets pushed back. Yep, it sucks, you know, right. be safe. We, yeah, we saw Teofimo push his back. Surely going to hurt him going to, we don't even know if August finalized yet. We don't even know where he's going to be. Like, we don't know the health and status of Teofimo. He may be in Vegas, he may be in Italy. Like, there's been a million things said. Like, no one knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah, but yet, people say Kobe's not real. So, I, it's it's wild. If you booked a trip for that weekend already, expecting to see a fight, well, go to the day club. Or get into a fight because you're upset. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting rest of the summer because our summer slate was packed in general, but now there's, there's just a ton of shit to look at and worry about. We're supposed to have SummerSlam here in Vegas, hundred thousand strong. If stuff keeps trending this way, how do you put a hundred thousand people in the state? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Good luck. It's good. Good luck. And it's getting tested. And I listen, I don't know if the NFL wheels are back either. So it comes down to the point where this shit might just be the wild, wild west here in a second. So it's, it's interesting. That's what's happening with Fury Wilder. That's the state of boxing this week. It'll change 18 times by the time we talk about it again next week. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that. On the next episode, we'll probably get more news for Fury Wilder 3. If it's going to be postponed, if they're going to keep the same date, it's crunch time now. So we should get an announcement on that before the next um, boxing show as well. Let's hit the break. Come back. Time to talk UFC. It's time to talk Conor McGregor. Back in the octagon. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, as promised, we are wrapping up with the UFC. Dre, before we dive into UFC 264 and all of the McGregor madness, UFC signed a new deal, a crypto deal which is reportedly either eight or nine figures. Um, Dana White was asked about this deal. He's gloating. He's so happy about it. The fighters are getting none of it. Not a dime is guaranteed to go to fighters. When is enough enough? I, I mean, look, man, I, I continue to, to say this. is like fighters unions, like... There needs to be a collective bargaining agreement. Cryptocurrency, uh, it's $175 million, reportedly. Crypto, the, for them to $175 million. Now, if I'm a kid, right, and I have parents, because we're going to call you know, they always call him Uncle Dana. I got a kid and I, you know, and I have parents. And my parents hit the mega bucks, right? 
and they go and I go, hey, man, um, daddy, I want a new pair of kicks. And he's got this stack of loot on his table. And he's like, I ain't got it. <laughs> like, this is what it is. I ain't this got is, it. <laughs> this is because it's not it's not like you really don't have it. You just fell into $175 million. Meanwhile, John Jones is over here asking for a few million dollars more to fight in what could potentially be one of the biggest pay-per-views in UFC history, which is interesting. I was doing these numbers. Conor McGregor has seven of the 10 biggest pay-per-views in UFC history. Damn. The only it's, ones that are more bigger. Eight out of 10 after this. Then. Right. The only pay-per-views that were bigger. Uh, well, none of them are bigger than his biggest. Duh. But the only ones that come close are, interestingly enough, Masvidal Usman won. Because, wow. Yeah. As I, I know. Masvidal Usman won UFC 100, Brock Lesnar. Still going strong. And UFC 116, Lesnar uh, car win, which was on 4th of July weekend. Nothing he, else necessarily. Oh, and uh, he put Ronda out of there. Ronda was never close. Like, I was surprised to realize that Ronda never really sold pay-per-views like that. John Jones and Cormier was, is also near the top of that list. Okay. But say that to say, like, Connor has dominated this. And the UFC has fallen to a $175 million deal. John Jones and Cormier is near the top of this list. John Jones is asking for more money. And Dana White always says things like Nate Diaz is not a, doesn't move the needle. Or John Jones isn't the biggest star. Yet John Jones has one of the 10, close to one of the 10 biggest pay-per-views in UFC history. You take Conor McGregor out, then John Jones is there. He's asking for a few million dollars to fight what is uh, basically perceived as an indestructible force in the heavyweight division. And the UFC is saying, we ain't got it. <laughs> we ain't got it. Now, let's take it a step further. Fight bonuses aren't going to change. These fuckers are still going to get 50 if they have performance of the night. The lower end of the card is going to change, even though, because I hear people say this shit all the time, undercard boxers don't get a lot of money. Undercard fights aren't on fucking TV. The UFC, I will give them credit where credit is due. Hardcores watch everything. For the most part, I watch everything because some of them prelim cards are really good because yeah. these guys are fighting for their lives. But you can't tell me that it doesn't make sense to add another $50,000 on these fucking bonuses or another $20,000 just to the base. It's not going to kill your bottom line. $175 million? If you have no CB a collective bargaining agreement and you don't share anything from uniform sales or the, the shit that's being sold at the fucking booths at UFC fights, like they're doing a fan festival here today for this fight. And they're going to sell like a ton of merchandise. These fighters ain't getting shit. Not a damn thing. $175 million? And Dana basically says, well, you run your own MMA promotion and do what you want to do. What? Look, man, I'm surprised I haven't been banned yet, but this is some fucking bullshit. <laughs> Listen, you might. There's time. There's but, always time. <laughs> but they can't ban you now. Again, we talked about this on a previous show. You can't ban the black guy now. Like, There's only so many of us. And you yeah. are definitely the highest credentialed black man uh, out there. They can't ban you. You good. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's sad, man. Got a these license guys, to ill. He's got, like, this card is about to be huge this weekend. Huge. I don't know what Poirier is getting. I'm sure he's going to get a good chunk of change, but it ain't what he's worth for this fight. Oh, not coming off the win. Coming mm. off the win, damn near. 
I mean, honestly, if we put this in boxing terms, no matter how big the, the A-side is going into the first fight or what would be their second fight, Connor's the A. Say you give him 70-30 in boxing sense, which I'm sure the splits were even wider than that. But let's say 70-30. You beat him. You should at least get 60-40. Yeah, there's no splits because none of these fuckers know what they make. No. So, like, <laughs> you're you're not going to get 40% of whatever they're paying Connor. Because I'm sure whatever they're paying Connor is in, like, the 40 mil range. So, if you're if you're trying to get 4%, like, you're not getting 16 mil. Dude. The Connor's 40. Like, no, they're not, not going to do that. They're not giving you that split. Dude. Uh, I haven't checked. How much did Tank get paid for his last fight? Oh, I'll look that up right now. While you're doing that, because I'm sure the Charles is getting a few million dollars. I'm sure Errol and Manny Packer are going to clean the fuck up. I'm sure Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are about to rake in a ton of dough. The oh, biggest... that one's insane. I think it's 60-40 Tyson. But I think last time it was um, in the range of 50 mil each. All right. Here's another stat I want to throw at you guys, because I've been doing my research. This week, because I did the behind numbers with Connor, I've done like a big thing on his legacy. The 10 biggest pay-per-views in combat sports history are all dominated by Connor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. All of them, all the top 10 spots, all of them. After that, it's like Canelo, Oscar, Lennox Lewis, Evander Holyfield. Yep. Like, you know, but for the most part, UFC pay-per-views do better than boxing, which is astounding to see that Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury are going to make all this money, which is, you know, how many times more than the average UFC fighter makes? Like, if Deontay, what's Deontay going to make in this fight? 20, 20 million? The rematch? No, the rematch he'll get, theoretically, if they made 50, 55 together in the first one, I mean, the contracts were drawn up on the first one, so he's going to make like 40 and Tyson will make 60. Okay. 40 million. Let's, let's just say for the, you know, for the loan. After pay-per-view points and everything, he'll make 40. Even if it's okay. guaranteed it's 25, he'll make 40. That fight will not come remotely close to what's going to happen this weekend. No, no way near. And, dude, and they promoted the fuck out of the, that, the rematch. And I think, what did he do, end up doing, like 800,000? 850. Hmm. Usman and Masvidal did over they did 1.3 million that's 1.3 million for Usman who's a champion and Masvidal who's a glorified journeyman 1.3 million I can guarantee you that neither of those fighters made 2 million 2 2 million 2 not a million because I'm sure at the end of the day maybe Usman with whatever residuals and maybe he got to a million but then he gets to $2 million. And Deontay Wilder is going to make $30 million? As the B-side. Come on, man. So Tank Pay-Per-View, which this is based off of the numbers of pay-per-views that came out. I think Coppinger reported it. It was 215,000 pay-per-views sold. How much was this man's check? Um, he is coming away with $5.25 million. <laughs> And according to those numbers, with just two point, with two hundred twenty five thousand pay per views, so what you're talking about five times that for Usman Masvidal, but Gervonta had the guarantee of one mil, with a sixty percent pay per view split, 
Um, so yeah, he's making five point two five million. And then Barrios, who is the B side that many people never heard of before, with his way smaller pay per view split, but his five hundred thousand dollar guarantee, walked away with one point five million. Mario Barrios walked away with one point five million for yeah. a pay per view that didn't crack three hundred thousand. While UFC fighters, now listen, I, I hear people saying, "Well, you got to spread it across all the fights." Look, you take five million dollars, you could pay your average UFC card, right? You yeah. like oh, yeah. because a lot of those guys aren't even clearing a hundred. No. A lot of them. Tank got paid more. I'm sure in total, Tank five point two five. Probably got paid more than the entire Masvidal Usman card you're talking about. Now, strip this all away. I just signed a deal for 175 million dollars. I ain't got it. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Stop it. They are hoarding money. It's that is absurd. hard to swallow. <laughs> like, dude, even pro wrestlers who have had one of the most rigorous schedules in everything, because it's you know you don't consider it combat sport, whatever. Yeah, but pro no wrestlers in any yeah multiple it, it, traveling dates. Yeah, but those guys on the low end on Raw or SmackDown, if you once you hit Raw or SmackDown, your low is four hundred thousand a year. This, you know, what I mean, and these, these guys, you know, and you also consider like COVID, they were clearing this. The low end, they were making this money. Now, yes, they do have to travel, they do multiple shows, but you MMA fighters are actually trying to kill each other in the octagon. We just watched Jamal Hill's arm just get separated from his body. We just watched Chris Ryman's leg just snap completely in half. We just yeah. watched Jacare, who was a jujitsu black belt, get his arm snapped. He probably will never be with a promotion anymore. None of these guys are making half a million dollars in a year. That's absurd. Wild. And by the time you do, it takes eight, nine, ten years. Yeah, like these guys... You know, unless like Tank John is twenty six. That's what I'm saying. Like, Fimo is getting what guaranteed five. For unless, look, man, I love Tiafimo, but that motherfucking pay per view ain't doing two hundred thousand. No, hell no. And they still got to pay him five because of the purse he's, bit. He's still getting five million. You and you are putting on one of the biggest pay per views of the year. Dustin Poirier ain't making five million. He should be getting like fifteen million. But I know. think he might clear five. You think so? I, mm. Again, Connor's clearing 40 just from the UFC, not sponsorships, not everything. He's clearing 40. Dude, you can't pay Poirier under five. <laughs> like, just, just, I'm just saying, <laughs> listen, that's is ridiculous. You remember Eddie Alvarez didn't make a lot of money in that, that fight at, at the garden. He forgot to renegotiate his deal. He was that was very publicly the biggest misstep of his entire life. But I'm saying, like, these guys are stuck under contracts, right? Like, the Ali Act suggests that, you know, as a fighter, you can negotiate per fight. Like, nobody's under a deal where you get paid the same amount of money per fight. None of these guys, none of, nobody in boxing is at that. Nobody. It's a percentage. You pay sanctioning fees, but you negotiate fight by fight. Eddie Alvarez was in the biggest fight of his life. Like, listen, I just won the title. That moment that I win the title they should automatically kick in the closet. We got to renegotiate my contract. You cannot pay me 60 and 60, whatever the fuck it is you're paying me. I'm the champ. <laughs> I'm the champ for 60 and 60. Like, not only am I the champ, the UFC makes a practice of making sure there's a title fight on the card. So you need me to be on your card. This is, this is well, out of hand. You say that, but the next thing on our rundown is Derek Lewis is fighting for an interim title. 
next month because the fight needed a champion. But it already has one, Amanda Nunez. Oh, it does. But Derek Lewis is from Houston. They need him to fight. The champion, Ngannou, who won the belt three months ago, said, oh, I'm not ready till September, not August. He said, okay, interim belt. Explain this, Explain this to me. Francis there's Ngannou. No, there's no explanation. Francis Ngannou fought for 30 seconds in two years because he demolished Rosenstruck, right? And he was the number one contender who his team asked for an interim title. They said, no, you got to wait for Steve in, 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 uh, in Cormier to finish their trilogy. Motherfucker sat around for two years, got his opportunity, obliterated Stipe, and was and then what did he do? He took the title and was like, I'm going to go promote the UFC in Africa. He took the shit home, not on some homie shit. He was like, I'm the champ, which is promoting the UFC in Africa because obviously that's the place that they want to go. Yep. He comes home and he's they're like, hey, can you fight in, in uh, August? He's like, nah, bitch, I just got home promoting you. Give me another 30 days. And they said, I eh, will just give the interim title to somebody else. Cyril got, and here's the funny thing. Cyril Gain and, and Derek Lewis are the number one contender. You know who is? Stipe fucking Miocic. And I'd argue John Jones above them. Well, yeah. And even though John hasn't fought in the heavyweight, but I'm saying Stipe Miocic just lost the title. Nobody's even discussing his name in this conversation. Yeah, it should Why? be him versus Black Beast, if anything. But I'm saying, like, but the, here's the point. Cyril, Cyril Gain and Derek Lewis can fight in a fight. In a number of consider fight. Title eliminator. Call it what you want. But an interim title is created because an athlete cannot compete for any for a specific after a specific time. You do this because the athlete cannot compete primarily due to injury. Francis Ngannou was none of those things. The fucker just fought three months ago. The man, all he asked for was another 30 days. Cyril and Derek Lewis could fight on this card without a title. You know who else this hurts? Amanda fucking Nunez. Oh, yeah. Because, now because you're splitting pay-per-view points. Now you're... Pro- I don't even not know even if that. that's the main event. Not even that. Like, that's, that's one of the things. You don't even know if that's the main event. One. Two... Why are you undermining one of the best? Well, no, not one of the best. The best women's fighter on the planet. You are undermining her because you know what we're talking about right now? An interim title. When we should be talking about the greatest women's fighter on the face of the planet facing an opponent who is going to help talk this fight up in Juliana Pena. That's all I care about. The fact that we have to talk about an interim title between two guys who shouldn't be fighting for an interim title should just be a banger of a heavyweight fight. That hurts Amanda's marketability. It says to me, this is what it says to me, that the UFC still doesn't believe in Amanda Nunez. Oh, clearly. Clearly. They don't believe she can carry a card. That's nuts. I, I don't know anybody. Because, and here's the other thing, right? Derek Lewis is fighting in Houston. And people are like, well, Derek Lewis is going to sell tickets in Houston. You know what? Them tickets are already fucking sold before he was on the card. Yeah. People are just dying to get outside. Yeah, they were already going to this car because a pay-per-view a UFC event in a numbered UFC event in Houston is going to sell out. You put Derek Lewis on the card, that's just a cherry on top. It's not like the people were like sitting at home was like, I ain't going to this car until Derek Lewis is on this bitch. Oh shit, he's on an interim title. Give me ringside tickets. That's not what happens. They already bought their tickets. They're already going to this shit. They're going to see UFC because hardcore is just like fights. Some will go and be like, I just want to see Amanda Nunez fight. Now we got to deal with this shit. There's no justification for it. Dana's tried to explain this shit away. I ain't buying none of it. It's bullshit. 
No, I agree. It There's no making sense out of it. It comes down to Dana White. He says it's his company. He does what he wants. Not that it is his company anymore, but you know, he does what he wants. So cool. Whatevs. Um, this weekend's fight, plenty of fights on here. We'll go through the card. We'll make our predictions for the main card, but going through um, even the early prelims, Jennifer Meyer versus Jessica I. Did Jessica I just fight for a title? Mm-hmm. Like a year ago. On the early prelims. Jessica Meyer did too. You know, everybody loses event to Bullet. Everybody loses. Yeah, everybody. And, that's, and that's not an interim title fight. Cut it out. <laughs> so they are on the early prelims. That's good. Brad Tavares is fighting on the early prelims. Um, Ryan Hall finally gets a fight. Dude. Versus Tapuria, who's undefeated. I'm I'm so excited to see Ryan Hall fight. A lot of people don't get it. Like, his level of jujitsu, like, the shit that he does, I'm really excited for. And his media day was really good yesterday, too. He talked about a lot of great shit. But the fact that he's fighting a fight, he's fought, like, what, two fights in, like, four years? I And nobody wants to fight him. No, I wouldn't I, want to fight him either. I'm not a fucking spider monkey. Like, he, you know, he gets that... He rolls you up, gets that leg. It's a wrap. I'm really excited for this fight. Anyway, let's keep going. Who else is on this card? Nico Price. Love it. This is Mike. Yeah, Michael Pereira. Come on. It's um, going be a banger. Michelle Pierre is a banger. Pierre is crazy. I mean, he does wild shit. And Nico Price likes to smoke weed, and that shit ain't illegal anymore. So you can Let's go. Spark it up, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> Good job by the uh, Athletic Commission. I don't say that often. Spark it up, Nico. So uh, funny thing Carlos though. Condit. Wait, funny thing though is we were talking to Nico yesterday, and Nico was like, he was like, but I don't smoke weed when I'm training. He was like, why? He's like, cause this thing called the munchies. I can't cut weight doing that shit. Makes sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, but the day after weigh-ins, you know, and then Carlos Condit, Max Griffin. Hey, Carlos Condit's won two in a row. Fighting. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, I watched Carlos Condit fight forever. Yeah, I mean, he damn near kicked GSP's head off many, many moons ago, but I'm here for it. <laughs> um, Sean O'Malley opens up the main card, and this is where our predictions start. Uh, late replacement due to injury. Um, Chris Moitino. I Sean O'Malley. Like, come on, we're we're getting a viral knockout here. We're getting we're getting a big moment. Talked to O'Malley yesterday. You know, he's clearly taking pages from the McGregor playbook. Um, he, if you're the UFC and you're looking for your next big thing, it's him. It's him. He, and here's why. Like, will people say Adesanya? Yeah, but Adesanya is a really good guy, right? Sean O'Malley does dumb shit outside the octagon. He did an interview like holding a baby and, you know, talking about Megan Anderson, which was a fucking weird interview. He colors While also sparking up. Yeah, he, you know, his hair, his hair matches his gear, but he, he knocks people out. That's what he does. And he can talk a good game. He has a Twitch channel that does extremely well. He's got a 1.5 million followers on Instagram and is not ranked. If you're going to hit your wagon to something, it's this guy. Not to mention, and this is what I asked him. I was like, everybody talks shit about you. You're not even ranked, dude. Brian Kelleher wanted to fight you. Uh, Ricky Simone, they, as soon as you're, as soon as Luis Smoker fell out, which is crazy because I don't know why Luis Smoker would be the person to fight Sean O'Malley. But as soon as he fell out, all these guys wanted to step up and fight O'Malley. 
they got something here. And the reason why they picked Chris is they're like, oh, yeah, you can knock him out. We need to go viral on this night. And yeah. O'Malley opening up a Connor card is huge. Oh, huge. perfect placement for him. Huge. But, yes, he calls second-round knockout. I think he might knock him out in the first. Yeah, he's not the type of guy to play with his food. Give me first-round no. knockout. He don't try. And that's the other thing. His knockouts are very effortless. Yeah. He he has the fluidity that Connor had when he first started. Yeah. Um, so what, shout out to Angie Hill, who did great breakdown of why Connor really um, gasses out more and more and how his gas tank has changed throughout his career and how it's directly affected by his boxing more and using less of his karate like original stance and the amount of energy he exerts in his new stance and with more boxing training just kills his gas tank where in the first Poirier fight he was loose he was in and out the karate stance he was bouncing and it reserved more of his energy while keeping his power so I'll point something out later that's that speaks more to this than once we get to the McGregor fight but I'm picking O'Malley by knockout are you Early yeah, knockout. First, first okay. round knockout. Cool. Uh, Irene Aldana versus Yana Kuniskaya, which is one of my favorite names in the UFC. So I'm going with Kuniskaya just because I love the name. I like this fight. Aldana, she's she she's had a hard time, right? See, she had to fight Holly Holm. She lost Raquel Pennington. I think she lost Kaylin Chukagian. She ne- desperately needs a win. Yana Kuniskaya is pretty fucking good. I'm going to go with Kuniskaya. But this could this could be one of those fights where the fans dictate a lot because it, it, as soon as you get that kind of energy in the building, it's very hard to have a boring fight. And I don't think the fans are going to be having any boring fights in this night. And then I got to deal with a bunch of woos too. That's a whole nother ball game. But I think this fight could end up being pretty good. But I'm going to pick Kuniskaya, even though this fight could be a coin flip. Yeah, I'm going Kuniskaya by decision specifically. She doesn't finish many opponents. So no, no. It'll again, if the crowd can sway the judges, then yeah, I agree with you. But I still think Kuniskaya takes a clear two out of three rounds at least. And then uh the always entertaining tied to Ivasa versus Greg Hardy, Republican, American, Greg Hardy. Yo, his <sighs> his media day was fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I loved it. It was crazy. The future opponent for Deontay Wilder, Craig Hardy. Yo, my man said, my man said, (laughs) I've never been convicted of anything that people said I did. That's a very specific term in convicted. He left. He left no stone unturned. No wiggle room. My man did not say I never did it. I ain't do it. He said I've never been convicted. And then he said he was asked, why don't you embrace the villain role? He said, because I'm not a villain. And that's when he went into that rant. I'm pretty. I'm a Republican. I'm a great American. And I was just like, yo, I hate this guy even more now. <laughs> like, I, I can't believe this shit. Not only do you beat women, but you're like a Republican. You're arrogant as fuck. I mean, I give him credit for stepping up and fighting. I can't take that away from him. But I think it's going to be really fun if Tui Vasa says what he's going to do. And he's like, I ain't wrestling with him. We're going to stand and bang which I think actually plays better for Greg Hardy. Yeah, Tui is not going to wrestle him. Tui is going to knock his ass out. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. If, it, if, it, there's, if, there's, if you don't have to worry about a takedown, Greg Hardy has a very good chance of winning this fight. Tui 
by decapitation. That is I'll my take, pick. I'm gonna say Greg Hardy by knockout. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like him. Oh, I don't like shit. what he represents. You, but man. I think I think if you give Greg Hardy three 15 minutes where he doesn't have to be concerned himself with grappling, he's in pretty good shape. Greg Hardy, for what his power is and for you know, as good as he could be, he's very gun shy still. Mm, he's gun shy because he doesn't want to get taken down. If you don't stand in front of him, he's gonna throw hands. I don't know. That's as to what he lost his last fight. He got taken down. He got taken By down. Out. Yeah. He got to Alexander Volkov, short notice fight, taken down. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm picking him get knocked out. This whole whatever it was. The sideshow ends here. And then we have uh, Gilbert Burns versus Wonderboy Thompson. I love this fight. Yeah, me too. Number one contender fight. Definitely. Well, no, because Colby is still being recognized. Come on. No, I think Colby's next. Like, I think he... Oh, okay. So, Usman's next opponent. Well, Wonderboy said, I'm not going to wait. And you know who's still sitting there? Like, what the fuck? Leon Edwards. Leon. Yeah, like he's in there. Like, what the fuck? So I can't call this a number one contender fight. It depends on how good the person who wins. Like, if Gilbert Burns wins, it won't. He won't be the number one contender because he's already got knocked out. If Wonder Boy wins, yeah, maybe. I like that fight. Again, I think Wonder Boy gives a lot of people problems just because stylistically. Like, I'm picking Wonder Boy. Me too, and I'm picking with my heart, not my head, because Gilbert is really good and could try to take down Wonder Boy. But if it's it's only three rounds. So if you try to outpoint Wonderboy at all for three rounds, good luck. Not to mention that Wonderboy has defended 17 of the 19 take- takedowns that have been attempted against him since the Matt Brown fight. His takedown defense is really fucking good. Yeah, that Jeff Neal win was impressive. The Anthony Pettis loss seems like more of a fluke than ever. Yeah, I, I don't see um, I thought any- he beat Darren Till and got robbed overseas. Yeah. So really, Woodley is his only hiccup. Yep, and he he pushed and pushed Woodley when Woodley was super cerebral. The first fight was pretty good. The second fight sucked. But if Wonder Boy is fighting a Gilbert Burns who is smaller than him, um, is not as heavy as a puncher, is not as technically sound as Woodley was, yeah, I think Wonder Boy might stop him. Yeah, it's a puzzle. I think Wonder Boy can can navigate to a decision. So I got Wonder Boy by decision there. Main event: Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. I mean, it's Connor, baby. Like, it's for as weird of a person as he is, for how his skills have kind of regressed. What one win is Connor, or excuse me, um, Cowboy Cerrone over the past four years. So it's it's tough, but weirder shit have happened, and I just root for chaos. So. Give me Connor to win this. Nope. I'm happy with him winning or losing, though, because I, I really want him to fight Jake Paul. So, I mean, <laughs> which, whichever way we go. But give me Connor to win. Fuck, I don't know. I have no rhyme or reason. Poirier looked great in the last fight. But this is it for Connor. Like, this is like the trapped rat. And he's doing all his little mind games and the shit talking and trying to be evil Connor again to psych himself into the mindset of who he was. I'll say it works. Yeah, I don't think so at all. So here's a few things to throw at you. Trilogies. 13 of them have been fought exclusively in the UFC. 
of those 13, the 70% of the time, the person wins the second fight, wins the third fight. The only exceptions to that are like Frankie Edgar, because they had a draw. And um, it might have been like Nate Diaz. But for the mm. most part, and Nate Diaz, was, it was Gray Maynard. But for the most part, if you, if you look, the person who wins the second fight by knockout demolishes them the third fight. Perfect example. Cain Velasquez lost the first fight to Junior Dos Santos by knockout in a similar fashion that Dustin Poirier got knocked out by Conor McGregor. Yeah. Rematch, Cain Velasquez won by knockout. The third fight, Cain mauled Junior Dos Santos. If you're going on the list of these fights, 70% of the time, the person who wins the second fight has figured something out. DC was they, the most recent, right? Yeah. With Steve DC, Bay. yeah, DC lost the second and third fight. Yep. If you look at Conor McGregor, he beat Dustin Poirier at featherweight over six years ago. Dustin Poirier is 11-2 and two as a lightweight, won no contest. Those two losses, one was to Khabib, totally forgivable. The other fight was to Michael Johnson, total fluke. You know he fought since then? Max Holloway, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez. He stood toe-to-toe with Justin Gaethje and knocked him the fuck out. Yeah. Did the same thing to Eddie Alvarez. Nobody knocks out Max Holloway. But he dominated Max Holloway. Conor Conor McGregor, since moving up from 145, is three and three. He's one and two as a lightweight, two and one as a welterweight. He beat Eddie Alvarez. He was totally in his fucking head. He lost the fight to Nate Diaz and won the second fight. Nate Diaz is a fucking journeyman. He beat Cowboy Cerrone, blown up welterweight, had no business fighting Conor McGregor. Now, and then he lost to Dustin Poirier. Now, let's take this a step further. Conor McGregor has never scored a knockout past the second round. Never. If you get past the first seven and a half minutes of Conor McGregor, no matter what weight class, he's not stopping you. Now, yes, Angie made a good point about his stances, but none of that shit matters because Conor's never knocked somebody out in the third round. It's never happened. I mean, to be fair, featherweight, not many people got there. Right, but if you getting there, but there's two factors here. Featherweight Connor was bigger and stronger. Lightweight, he is not. That's incredible featherweight. I think he might go down as one of the best featherweights, if not the best ever. But yeah, he's not the same at lightweight. No, at lightweight, if you go back and watch the Poirier fight, Poirier took all those punches well. Oh well, he was, was eating them. Well, and then completely immobilized Connor with leg kicks. Connor has not learned how to check a leg kick. It's not going to happen on, in this fight. Connor's IQ is very high. I give him that. But this shit talking is a big sign of weakness to me because it ain't about Dustin. It's about Connor. It's about Connor getting back to his roots so Connor can believe in himself. Because in a way, he looks at that fight and was like, I was too nice to him. I didn't have the energy to stop him. He's trying to psych himself out. This shit ain't working on Poirier. That, like, what it, it, Poirier hasn't even really responded to any of this shit. Because Poirier has finally become the diamond that we all thought he was going to be when he debuted in the UFC 10 years ago. He has finally reached that his full form. Knocking out Connor is collecting a check so he can finally get the title fight he's been waiting for with Charles Oliveira. But he needs to get paid. And he looks at Connor. He's not taking this fight because he thinks Connor deserves it. He's looking at Connor as food. Oh, yeah. I mean... It's the reason why he was like, nah, I can wait on that title yeah. shot. I, I'm good because I think I can just molly walk him again. So what – here, now here's the bigger question. What can Connor do different in this third fight 
that he didn't do in the second fight that they where he stops for you? I think it's a matter of just lining up the correct punch to drop Poirier. I think Poirier, one thing he's become so much better at, even in the the Gaethje fight is a a great example because he was like rocked a little bit sometimes in that fight, is he's learned very well how to roll with the punches. So in that first fight, it caught him flush above the ear, out. You, you don't catch him flush like that. Like his movements allow him to roll. So even when you hit him with that long extending right that Connor throws, he just moves with it. So it's not, he's not moving into it. He's moving with the flow of the punch. You have to throw off his rhythm and catch him moving into your punch. Yeah, and Poirier doesn't do that. Poirier's- no, last, last fight, actually, he just absorbed everything for the first seven minutes, like you said through leg kicks, chop Connor down. But even with that, that was just like, a, oh, let me just stay busy type of tactic because he just absorbed everything. And I was like, he's just going to tire himself out. And then when he did, he then went forward. And I was like, I'm not walking into shit because he got nothing behind these anymore. Connor's a front runner. He's one of the biggest front runners in MMA. And once that, once that seven and a half minute point passes, he's not strong. Mentally, he hasn't really been there. Like he fought Nate Diaz and he struggled through that that second fight. He won, but you remember everything he landed where he dropped Nate early in the fight. Oh, early. First two rounds. But if he had the new scoring, he would have won by a landslide. Yeah, but Nate gave him hell in rounds three and four. And again, Nate Diaz ain't that fucking good. Like when when they announced the Nate Diaz Conor McGregor fight at 170 pounds, we all was like, oh, Nate's gonna get smoked. And Connor gassed out. Guess what? Seven and a half minutes. Done. Nate Diaz just absorbed all that shit, hit him a couple times. Because Connor doesn't get not like if you listen to Connor's interview, I think with Ariel or was it Brett? One of the two. He says, Dustin didn't hit me with a knockout shot. I was immobilized by leg kicks and he just yeah. caught me with a punch. No, motherfucker, you were tired. Yep. You were tired and you couldn't. It's so different. Like you've you've played football. Everything changes once you're tired. Shit yeah. hurts. You can't get up. You're just, you're tired. Connor was like, I was resting. Yeah, motherfucker, you were tired. Poirier's going to do the same thing. Yes, there is a possibility that Connor could catch him with the right punch and change everything. And I, everything I'm saying is out the window. But I just don't see it. On top of that, is a great finisher. Volume striker, knows how to get, like, he, there's so many ways that Poirier can win this fight. Connor has one path to victory. That's a knockout. He's not winning a decision against Dustin Poirier. I just don't see that happening. I don't. The only way I see it is if he drops Dustin twice early, Dustin survives, pours it on him, and Connor's, you know, survives the early onslaught, starts pouring it on Connor. Connor's able to survive the end of a fight. Yeah. Because the knockouts, knockdowns would be the difference. Connor's not good at survival. Once he's tired, it's over. That's what Khabib did to him. That's what Dustin did to him. That's what Nate did to him. Yeah, gotta survive. I, I don't know. I don't know if he knows how to survive. He doesn't. He he doesn't know how to survive. Like Diaz, Nate Diaz kind of let him off the hook in the second fight. And again, I'm not talking about Nate Diaz who's a murderer. Let's let's be honest. Nate Diaz got dominated by Leon Edwards for 14 minutes until he caught him. He got dominated by Jorge Masvidal. He's only looked good against Connor recently. Mm. Yeah. So what does that say about Connor? Connor, again, 
Dustin, Dustin, uh, Donald Cerrone and uh, Eddie Alvarez. <sighs> Connor, Connor, lightweight and welterweight. He ain't, he ain't this. It's kind of. I'm not saying that he's overrated because Connor did accomplish some phenomenal things. Yeah. I'm just saying Dustin Poirier is the number one lightweight in the world for a reason. He's filled out that body better than Connor has. Yeah, I think Connor is the greatest featherweight of all time. I can say that. And then he moved up and he's not the same guy. Roberto Duran is the greatest lightweight of all time. I will. I, he, he took lumps when he moved up. I struggle right. with saying Connor's the greatest featherweight of all time because he didn't stay there to defend his title. Fuck. That's true. I mean, he knocked out the best featherweight who defended it forever in 13 seconds. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, I'm saying shit I mean, happens. He was, I mean, Poirier, Max Holloway, he's, he has wins over these guys at featherweight. It's only That's seven. pretty fucking impressive. It's only seven fights. Max was a baby. Yeah, so was Dustin. So was Connor, for that matter. Oh, no. I mean, what I'm saying is... Connor was like 25. Max was 21, but Connor was like 25. Jose Aldo was like completely dominant. It fought everybody. Connor, I can't say it unless Connor gave him a rematch. Because the more you look at it, it's like, yeah, you just kind of walked into one. Does that fight play out the same the second time around? We never got to see it. My man never defended his title. He never know, fought Frankie Edgar. We we can say if this second, the, yeah, there was that's a first. He, there was a first. I know, but and I can't he say starched him in thirteen seconds. Can't say he's the greatest featherweight of all time. I can say John Jones is the great light light heavyweight of all time. Why? Because he dominated and ran through the division and then defended his titles. Kind of didn't do that. It's three pretty good names on the lightweight resume or your featherweight resume <laughs> amongst other impressive performances, but. That's, that's pretty fucking good. Yeah, I can't call him the greatest featherweight all the time. Nope, can't do it. That sample size is way too small versus Jose Aldo, who dominated that division. All right. I mean, to be the man, you got to beat the man. He did that. Like, okay. so. Doesn't make him the greatest featherweight of all time. Sugar Ray Leonard lost to Roberto Duran. Guess what? They had a rematch. Yeah, Sugar that Ray wasn't that way. Just saying. I'm just, I mean, that's you give that's somebody the opportunity right? to fight. Like you give somebody the opportunity to fight again, right? Connor left the division, never defended the title. I can never say that a person who never defended the title is the greatest at that division. Even if they have a win over the greatest. Don't care. Very important. Don't care. Win. I do okay. not care. Sugar Ray Leonard's lost fights. Muhammad Ali has lost fights. We call him the greatest heavyweight all time. And Ken Norton gave him hell. He did. But Muhammad Ali still the greatest of all time, right? Sure. Yep. So how can I say Conor McGregor is the greatest? Adrian Broner first of a trilogy. Like Adrian like Broner. If, yeah. If there was no Rumble in the Jungle, then shit would have been different, right? So I, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I just I can't give Conor that. I can't. I can't. It's the sample size is too small, and they departed, never defended. I can't. I can't do it. Wonderful fighter, changed the game. Legacy is. He'll always be remembered as one of the, the biggest stars in the sport. But Max Holloway is also the greatest featherweight of all time. He also wants a win over him. Yeah. I mean, the resume is just real fucking impressive. <laughs> so, yeah, the people who have run through the division, the two greatest, you can argue if you want Aldo there or you want Max there, the two greatest, they have something in common. They both lost to Conor McGregor. Yeah, but Max lost to him so early in his career. Pretty fucking impressive. Max lost and, and Aldo lost to him a lot later in his career. Like you can put the caveat wherever you want. 
Yeah, I can because it doesn't make any sense to say this man. WEC Aldo would have beaten Connor. Like, yeah, sure. Max he would have 20 like, but that's listen, Pacquiao in 2006 would have beat Mayweather. Is that what the fuck people saying? We're like, oh shut up. No, like it's it's an if. What happens if Manny Pacquiao beats Errol Spence? What he 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 lost to Floyd Mayweather. Correct. I'm just saying, but I'm just saying. You're a Hall of Famer. You're one of the best fighters ever. But Floyd, you're only boosting Floyd's legacy at this point. Are you? I said because that when he lost. Again, I'm saying this again. Muhammad Ali. With, like lost Canelo. Home. Canelo's incredible. You're only boosting Floyd's resume. Hmm. So if 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 Canelo Alvarez goes undisputed at at 68 and 75. Yeah, which is very possible. And, and wins out. Yep. Do you still put Floyd above him? Yeah, that win is pretty fucking good. Yes. 50 and 0 with that win. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You're boosting Floyd. Listen, I put a lot of people under him at that point, but now you're just climbing the ranks for Floyd too. You got him on your back. So when Larry Holmes beat Muhammad Ali, why is Larry Holmes not higher than Muhammad Ali? The rest of the resume. I mean, we're talking about Connor, the rest of the resume. He has Max. I mean, he has the two best. In the, and I'm Larry, just talking about Larry beat division. Muhammad Ali when Muhammad Ali was washed up. Connor beat Max before Max was Max. The thing about Max is Max fought everybody. Connor did not. I understand what you're saying, but if you want to say Max is the best, Connor has beat him. I'm, I'm just making the case. You can make the case. Con- the sample size is too small. That's fair. But I, I can stick. There is a case to be made. That Casiano, where there's Casiano, the guys, the number one and two ever, featherweights ever, have something in common, and that is a loss to one man. That's pretty fucking good for that one man. So that makes him the greatest featherweight of all time. It's pretty damn good. That Poirier... The way he was starting people, it's pretty damn good. It's the way he was starting. It was seven fights. That was a very impressive seven fights. And that makes him the greatest. That small sample size makes yeah. him the greatest. Yeah. I don't think he was unfuckwittable at Featherweight. Yep. Wait, how is he how is he unfuckwittable? He didn't fight everybody. He fought who he needed to fight. He fought the best and then the second best in whatever order you want them in. And he beat them both. He was so it doesn't matter when so it doesn't matter when you fight somebody. Not when you're in the same level. It's not like Floyd, who was 36, fighting 23-year-old Canelo or 34. Like, no. Connor was 25 as well. No, of course that counts. You're, you're both young pups. And as both young pups, you beat him on one leg. Yes, it counts. So Max is not. So Max is the same fighter he was when he fought Connor? No, no one's ever the same between fights. But it's mm. when you fight them. And Connor wasn't the Connor he'd end up being against Aldo. Mm-hmm. But he still won. And then what? And then he moved up to division. I'm not arguing that he's the greatest anything else. I'm just saying, saying the greatest featherweight. You're saying he's the greatest featherweight of all times with seven wins. Yeah. And those seven wins are Jose Aldo, yeah. Max, baby Max Holloway when he was at the yeah. time. Because the they did the enough UFC. wins to boost After. him. Yes. After. Listen, Aldo's wins were before wait, 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 Connor, wait. by the gonna, way, and Max's wins were that, after. If you're going to use this with Max, because a lot of people will say Max Holloway is the greatest featherweight of all time, because Jose Aldo kind of peppered out towards the end. But Max Holloway only got stronger. Now, if you're going to use that, that Conor McGregor beat that version of Max Holloway, 
how much credit are you really giving Conor over that victory? Because clearly Max is not even close to that fighter that fought Conor McGregor. And then Conor left the division, didn't defend the title, never fought a Brian Ortega. Because what a Frankie Edgar. He beat a lot of people. Who is who there? Wait, wait. Who is there who at the time then? Frankie Edgar is probably his only other person where you're like, oh, well, he bounced before he could fight Frankie. Seriously? Wait, hold on. At he that beat, time? He beat Dennis Seaver. Where no, was Dennis at Seaver? that time, but he beat. Max was crushing everyone. He already beat Max. Max was starting his No, no, run. no. Max was Where not Max... crushing everybody. You know who Max lost to? Dustin Poirier. And Max Connor was a baby. Him? Max was a baby. Those were Max's only two losses and crushed everyone else. Aldo was the top dog. He beat, um, what's his face, who popped for steroids, but he beat him on short notice, but beat him. He was the top three guy. Chad Mendes, who rolled off the couch. Yeah, but he was the top three guy. Who else was in the top? The only top five guy, I think, at the time that he didn't beat was Frankie Edgar. And he would have starched his ass, too, because he went up and fought a guy with a very similar style. No, no, he didn't. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Frankie Edgar and Eddie Alvarez are not the same. He would have starched Frankie Edgar. You're nuts. It, it wouldn't have gone five minutes. That the, that version of Frankie Edgar, the version of Frankie Edgar didn't lose in years. Would have got starched by Conor McGregor? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Five minutes. Dog, you are five minutes. Five minutes. Well, guess what? Connor didn't do it because he didn't stay in the division. I know because we're doing it. I can. But while he was in the division, he beat the number one guy ever, and the number two guy ever. He would have won Frankie the greatest of all time. If you can give Floyd Mayweather, I mean uh, Muhammad Ali, as the greatest heavyweight of all time with losses to other heavyweights, I don't see how you can. It's like it's not like Muhammad Ali just beat everybody then left like Connor did. He stayed and he lost. He lost to Joe Frazier, then he beat him. But he got the opportunity to do that. He didn't leave or go to light heavyweight or whatever the fuck. He stayed. He stayed there and fought. Connor did not. He left. Fighters have 20 fights in a division, 15 fights in a division. I can't go with somebody whose resume has a young Max Holloway, a Dennis Seaver, Diego Brandau, Marcus Brimage, the greatest featherweight of all time with those wins. Yeah, you left out the three biggest wins, but sure. The, what are the three biggest? You know, ones? you just mentioned Poirier, um, Max Holloway. What were these guys ranked when Connor fought them? What was Connor ranked when he fought them? They I'm just, I'm just making a point. You're saying the best. You, he beat the best. He did not beat the best. Frankie Edgar was clearly the number one guy, and Connor got to leapfrog him. Why? Because it was money. No, because he had what two shots at Aldo already. Oh, no, he didn't. That didn't happen yet. That was after? Yes. Oh, okay. I thought it was before. No. I am Frankie, Frankie and Jose Aldo fought at UFC 200. Oh, okay, okay. What, when did Frankie lose his title shots? He had lost the title shot before then. He, that he upper division? Lightweight? Yes. He fought okay. Gray Maynard, and they had a phenomenal trilogy out of lightweight. No, they did. Lightweight, lightweight. But then Frankie came down and no, yeah. couldn't nobody fuck with him until Brian Ortega knocked his block off. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm looking at Frankie's right now. Connor would have beat him in five. Five minutes. He, okay. Five minutes. Nobody knocked out Frankie at that time. How you? Would have knocked him out in five minutes. The version of Connor knocks him out. In five Dude, minutes. Connor is the benefactor. I'm fairly confident. Connor is the benefactor of the perfect storm. There's no perfect storm against Jose Aldo because no yes, one is. going into that 13- fight. 
thought Look, Jose Aldo was going to get starched in 13 seconds. So you can't – so there's no part of you that surmises that as a lucky punch. No, because if Ed, everyone else should have been lucky beforehand because nobody no, 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 no. knows I'm, So if they fought again directly after that fight, that fight ends in 13 seconds again? No, but you have to be wildly skilled to knock someone out in 13 seconds, so it's not hey, a lucky punch. Hey, we just mentioned people – like Dustin Poirier got knocked out by Michael Johnson, right? Is Michael Johnson better than Dustin Poirier right now? No, that was an accumulation. That wasn't 13 seconds. Mm, I'm just saying, is Michael Johnson better than Dustin Poirier? No. He beat him. That he did. Is no. – is, but Michael Johnson's not passing that eye test. Like you're, I'm arguing for someone where you see them beat the best ever in the division, which is Jose Aldo, and not just beat him. Confidently go in there, take him out his entire game, perfectly plan the movement Aldo is going to throw throw on that punch. Step back and bang, left hand. Good night. It was beautiful. That shit wasn't lucky. Gr- he was practicing it in the back. Not the greatest, not, lucky fe- not the greatest featherweight of all time. There's not enough there. It's That's just it. not enough. I, there's there. a case. We agree to disagree. So, I mean, and we'll see what he is after this weekend. So you have him losing. Let's get back on yes, top. I absolutely have him losing. How do you have it going? I haven't getting stopped. All right. So after Poirier. seven and a half minutes. <laughs> I'm thinking the same thing. Poirier, knockout, plus 730. Gotcha. Yep. All right. After 730, give me... um. Connor, first round TKO. Okay. There's not many other ways for him to win. I'm not going to lie. There aren't. You're right. You're right. So if I, it's very if I pick him, like, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm more limited in my range of predictions than you are. So, um, yeah, give me first round TKO. I think Dustin um, comes out, looks good. He's confident. It took a while for those leg kicks to come in. Maybe Connor checks one or two, but I, I think maybe Connor just lands the punch that didn't quite land last time. And he lands it this time and he's able to just stand over Poirier and get the ref to wave it off. Maybe Poirier comes up and is like, fuck, I could have continued and like argues a bit, you know? I, I think it's one of those. It could happen. I don't see it. That's why we make predictions. It could happen. Yeah. Connor has power. Anybody no, and I, and let it be clear. I can very well see Dustin Poirier putting his ass away again and yeah. sending Connor to boxing, which I also don't mind. So Connor, yeah. Connor, Jake Paul would be one hell of a fight to go to right in Who's Miami. Chelsea? Yeah. Like crazy pontoon boat or crazy pulling up the yacht to the stadium, Connor in, in Miami against Jake Paul. Like I, I want to see that circus too. So we'll see how it plays out on Saturday. This was a fun one, fun episode. Make sure you guys hit us up. Let us know your predictions on Twitter, IG, whatever social media you guys follow. We appreciate you as always. Make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check me out at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. Check out our other show, Wrestling with Stereotypes, on adfreeshows.com. As always, shout out to Blue Wire, the network, all of the sponsors. All of you stay healthy, like we've been saying for the past year and a half, but even more so now. Shit is getting crazy again. Stay healthy. Stay with us. Thank you for listening. Till next time, we're out. Peace.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.